So we're continuing our look on faith. It's our theme for the month of September. But it's also National Grandparents Day. As well as for us, it is Older Adult Sunday, which is going to qualify anyone who is 50 years of age or older. And so if we could just see, if, if you fit in either one of those categories, if you'll just, by show of hands, let us know. So if you're a grandparent or you're 50 years of age or older or both, if you'll just raise your hands and let us know. All right. <laughs> 49 and counting. And holding, right? Not even counting, just holding. I said earlier... that the reason I thought about Grandparents Day and even Older Adult Sunday, for those who are 50 or older, going hand in hand with our theme for the month of faith, it's because when we look to those who have come before and we look to those whose faith has helped them to persevere and overcome so much, then honestly, standing firm in our faith is a little easier because we're standing on the shoulders of giants. And when we're standing on the shoulders of giants, then it is easy to reach the stars. And so when we look to those who come before who have examples of faith, who've persevered through sickness and trials, than when the storms assail our own lives. We can draw strength and courage to help build our own faith. I mentioned we're going to look at Hebrews. And we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 11. So if you want to follow along with me, We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 11. Verses 1 through 7. Hebrews chapter 11. Verses 1 through 7. And this section, if you have a Bible that subdivides it, is often called faith in action, right? And verse 1 of Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and insurance about we, what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, 
Abel brought to God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. It was said he cannot be found because God has taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And then finally, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear bought an ark, built an ark, to save his family. By his faith, the world became condemned, and he became the heir of righteousness in keeping with faith. Just for those few little verses, we can learn some important things about faith, and we can learn that from the faith of those who came before. We learn that faith is confidence and conviction. It said faith is the what? The things that are hoped for. Now, we read our scripture from the New International Version. Faith is confidence in what is hoped for. Insurance, but we, we, we do not see. In the King, um, New King James Version, it actually phrases it, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And when you do some word studies for the Greek, and you look at what substance meant, literally means to stand under, to serve as a foundation. So with that in mind, when we read that passage, it becomes now faith is the foundation of things that are hoped for. Kind of makes it sound a little different there, doesn't it? We're no longer saying, you know, faith is the confidence in what we hope for. Because confidence can mean many different things. Confidence can mean that we believe that something can be done, that we hope something can be done, right? But then think about it. If you have confidence in your ability to do a job, that means that you think you can get it done, right? And so faith is the confidence. It's the belief that it can get it done. It is the foundation of what we hope for. Because with faith, the things that we hope for become the things we believe possible. And remember last week, we talked about how, you know, one of my favorite quotes, Audrey Hepburn says, nothing is impossible because the very word says what? I'm possible, right? I'm possible. So faith is the belief, the confidence, the assurance, the foundation 
of what we want to do in our lives. And then it says, the assurance or the evidence of the things that are not seen. Now, in a court of law, if you're going to go for a conviction, you need what? Evidence, right? You need to be assured beyond the shadow of a doubt that something has happened, right? So keeping that in mind, the last part of chapter, uh, verse 1 says, and the assurance about what we do not see. The conviction in the belief that knowing beyond any shadow of doubt what we don't physically see. Because we know, we believe, we have faith that God is in control. Faith is confidence in the things that are hoped for. Things like the coming of our Lord, the resurrection that awaits us. And it was this kind of confidence That is what led to the Abel and Enoch and even Noah stepping out on their faith and being able to do amazing things. Now, there's even things we can learn from those examples. From the testimony of Abel He brought a, to God a better offering. And by faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. Now, if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 4, where it talks about Cain and Abel and the offerings that they make, it makes a point of saying Cain's offering was of the fruit of the ground and Abel's offering, and it points this out specifically, was of the firstborn of his flock. And it says that the Lord respected Abel's offering, but not Cain's. Now, we can hypothesize all day long about the actual reason. But I like to think that it can almost be attributed down to the wording. It says, Cain brought an offering that was of the fruit of the ground, and Abel's was the firstborn of his flock. Now, the firstborns have special significance. It doesn't even point out that what Cain was offering was the best he had. But it makes a point to say, Abel decided to offer the best. Because he believed in faith that whatever he would lose out by giving his best, God would reward him. And maybe Cain's attitude was in the wrong place when he would made this offering. You know, they were siblings. I'm pretty sure back then even sibling rivalry was still around. 
But Abel offered his sacrifice through faith, knowing that the Lord would bless his offering, use his offering, and that he would bless Abel in return for his offering. And when we are forced to make sacrifices in our life, or feel led to make sacrifices in our life, to be able to better serve the Lord, let us not do so grudgingly or because we have to, but because we believe that the Lord is going to bless us in return for that. Not that we do it seeking a blessing, but that we do it knowing that a God who loves us will bless us in our sacrifice. And it said the last part, through his death, though he's dead, he still speaks. His example of faith. That's what we've been saying. That's why I felt it went hand in hand when we talked about our older adult Sunday and our grandparents. It's their faith that goes on that we can build off of. The testimony of Enoch, who was faith in action, faith in walking with God. Genesis chapter 5, starting in verse 24, basically says, Enoch did not know death. He was called up to the Lord. His faith was so big that it pleased God. But what was it about his faith that made him stick out? Genesis 5.21 tells us it was as simple as the fact he walked with God. In his daily life, he walked with God. And this helps us be able to learn the importance of walking in our faith and through our faith, walking with God in all aspects of our life. And finally, Noah. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Now, When we talk about Noah, we talk about the fact that they were preparing for a flood. But back then, they didn't even know what the word flood meant because it had never happened. Whereas in today's society, we know what flood means. And in fact, if we were caught out in the rain last Thursday, we were feeling like we were living the reality of it, right? I was very nervous driving home. Uh, was praying the whole way and it got so bad the windshield wipers weren't working all the way I was sticking my head out the window driving just to be able to see where I was going and the water was almost up to the bottom of the car and I'm paranoid but back then they didn't know anything about water levels even getting that high let alone how high they ended up but Noah 
believed in what the Lord told him. And the Lord told him that it was coming. And the Lord told him to build an ark. And Noah did not ask what was a flood or even what was an ark. Because they probably didn't know what that was either. But instead, Noah said, All right, Lord, let me build a boat. And this last part says, By his faith he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Noah stepped out on faith, believing in what the Lord say would happen. Everyone else was like, Noah, we're pretty sure you're crazy. We don't even know what an ark is. We don't know what a flood is. What is rain? It's not going to rain that like that. We will be fine. There's no need to worry. But Noah listened. His obedience to God stood in stark contrast to those who doubted. Because Noah did tell them what was going on. He even invited people to be able to come into the ark. And did they listen? Did they care? When that door closed, they were not on that boat. I would like to think that if I was there, and someone came to me and said, God has spoken to me, and it's going to rain. And after I, I would pray about it, you know, making sure that they were truly speaking from the Spirit of the Lord. But if the Lord revealed that to me, I'd be on that boat. I don't even, I wouldn't even care about packing my bags. I'd be like, I'm in this. Let's do this. Right? And that's how Noah became the heir of righteousness. He received that standing because he was found right in the eyes of the Lord. His faith was rewarded for he pleased God. Now there's been a key verse, a key phrase in all of those verses. I don't know if you caught it. I literally just said it. Abel, Enoch, Noah, they all were rewarded for their faith. They obtained a good testimony, if you will. Their faith was something of recognition, but it was because they did something very simple in their lives. Two words. They pleased God. Whether we're worshiping, walking, working, whatever we do, we are to be motivated by faith. And that's why looking to those who come before us is so important at this time because the world is a very, very crazy place, a very, very dangerous place for us to be in as Christians. And if our faith is even going to have a chance of standing strong enough to resist what the world is going to throw at it, 
and the craziness, the hatred, the violence that exists in this world today. Of people who read the Bible and know what the Bible says, but thinks the Bible's out of date or wrong or doesn't matter. The Bible was wrote so many centuries ago, it doesn't apply to today, does it? His promises in that word to never leave us or forsake us. To give us a hope and a future, which means when you read that scripture in Jeremiah in context, he's not saying it's all smooth sailing. He said there's going to be a storm. But what happens is after that storm, I'm going to be there to make sure you recover. And that's what that scripture in Jeremiah is saying. He goes, the storm is coming. I can't stop the storm. Those hard times, those crises, they're going to happen. But what I'm going to do for you, because I love you, is that when those are over, I'm going to see you through it to start with, but when it's over, when the crisis, the storm is past, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to restore you. This storm will not be the end of you. It will instead be only the beginning. We have to have faith. Faith which pleases God. Because without faith, then there is nothing that we can do that will please God. Faith is an essential element in being able to walk in our lives and walk in a way in which pleases the Lord. The conviction that believes that God is and he is in control, he is the God who will see us through. Earlier during the week, we had devotions with our staff here at Airy Command, and we gave them a little acronym. Acronyms were always handy for me when I studied. I liked to learn them because it would help me be able to recall things better. And so we gave them an acronym for the word PUSH. Push on, keep on, right? Push. When life gets hard and it brings you down to your knees, push. Pray until something happens. Push. Push on in faith, believing that the God who makes all these promises to us, loves us, hears us, answers our prayers, and keeps his promises. The Bible tells us that his word will never return void to him. So if he has made a promise, then we best be believing in faith that it is going to happen. Having conviction that God is our creator and he is in control. What we learn today, what we can learn from those who come before us is having faith that reflects in the way we worship God. Having faith that reflects in the way we walk with God. Having faith in the way we work for God. Because that's what Noah was doing. He was building a boat. He was a laborer for the Lord. 
So what kind of faith would we say we have? Do we have that legendary faith that we can see from those who come before? And honestly, all it takes to have that legendary faith is to believe in the Lord. I was thinking about the difference of the word hope and the word believe, right? When we hope for something, we kind of are wishing that something would happen. You know, if all things work out and everything lines up, then we hope something happens, right? And hope often has a word associated with it. Three letters. May. It may happen. When we hope for things, they may happen, right? But I like to think the difference in the word believe is that it's no longer a three-letter word that we associate with it. It becomes a four-letter word. Will. When we believe in something, we no longer hope things may happen. We believe things will happen. And I think that's a key difference in faith. Between hoping things may happen to believing things will happen. And it may seem like a very small, minute point. And some people may even think they're the same thing. But I don't know about you, but when I'm trying to let people down easy and I don't really want to do something, I use the word may. Yeah, I may join you. I may be available later. When basically my answer is no, I just don't want to be mean or rude and say no. You guys know, you're laughing, you're there with me, you feel me, you know that that is what we do. Especially women, we like to be nice to people, especially when we're Southern. We're like, oh, well, I may just have to join you later. That's our way of saying, we don't even know what you're doing, that doesn't sound like fun, don't ever call us and ask us to come join you. It's really what is being said with that one three-letter word, is that... Yeah, it's not going to happen. But when we say will, it's like making a promise. When we say, oh, I'll be there, I will be there, then you can almost set your clock by the fact we will show up. If we may be there, uh, you would, shouldn't hold your breath. But if we say we will be there, then you know, don't leave without us, we're going to show up. And so when we're thinking about hoping things may happen or believing things will happen, then the only choice we have with faith is believing things will happen. Believing in the promises of the Lord coming to fulfillment. Believing that he will never leave us or forsake us. Believing that what we ask for in faith believing we will receive. I almost don't even like the word hope anymore. Because we can hope for things all day long. 
But that very first verse of Hebrews said what? Does anyone remember? Now faith is what? Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. They keep throwing that word hope in there. I almost want to say, you know what? Now faith is the confidence in what we believe for. Paul says it. I know whom I believed in. I'm assured that he is able to keep what I commit to him against the day. Whatever I ask for of the Lord, I believe that he can handle it. I know he can handle it, that he will handle it. Not that I hope the Lord gets around to handling my problems. Because that doesn't even sound like we're really being faithful. I've been praying and I hope the Lord listens to my prayers. Because that's almost sounding like we don't believe he's listening. And we've talked before about when we're asking for things in prayer, we need to believe that we will receive, right? And so when we're praying... We don't hope the Lord answers our prayers. We believe that the Lord will answer his prayers according to his will, though, and in his time, which may be the things that trip us up. But that's when we pray for understanding to know what his will for our life is. That's when we pray for understanding to know and understand his time in our lives. Because let's face it, the older society gets, the more impatient people become. People want instant changes. And it's getting that way. I mean, I wanted some food the other day. I sat there in my car on my phone through an app, and I ordered it, and I paid for it, and it came in 15 minutes or less, and I was like, yes. And we think the rest of life should work that way. Like Domino's, who used to guarantee 30 minutes or less, but have you noticed Domino's doesn't say that anymore? They're wise enough to the fact that not everything is instantaneously accomplished. But as a society, we lose hope. We lose faith. We lose belief when things don't happen according to the timeline we've constructed in our lives when part of the main thing for our faith is praying to understand what God's timeline is for us and praying that things get accomplished in his time. I mentioned it before. We need to be careful that in trying to do things on our timeline, we don't even jump over a blessing the Lord has. And Jeremiah, he's telling them, you're going to go through a storm, but I have plans, plans for you to recover. But the Israelites had a problem with understanding and waiting on the Lord. It's one of the reasons the Israelites wandered around in the wilderness for as long as they did. Because they didn't understand the whole concept of the Lord blessing us in his time. They wanted things right then and there. And society hasn't gotten any better. We used to have Polaroid cameras that would take pictures instantaneously, right? And then you'd be able to mail them to your family. That replaced the old ones that used to take forever to develop. 
But now we have digital cameras, which literally, I took a picture earlier about the service when they were playing, and service isn't even over. And it's ready to be posted online. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. We're so used to it. But let us in faith believe that the Lord who has done great things will bless us. We talked about Enoch, right? And how he worked, walked with the Lord. Someone even want to gander how old Enoch was when that finally happened? <laughs> Let's just say, I'm pretty sure in math terms, we're looking at triple digits, people. I don't think any of us are even in that triple digit right there. And I don't even mean like he was 100 and something. He was pretty close to having a fourth zero and a comma or something. So wrap your head around that. But he was faithful to the Lord for all that time, even though the world around him was crazy and he made out of a... He knew that in the Lord's time, he would be blessed. And he waited upon the Lord. So the question today for you. Is will you stand on the shoulders of giants and let them influence your faith? Growing stronger, waiting upon the Lord. Walking with him. Worshiping him. Working with him in faith, believing that what the Lord has said will come to pass. We're going to play a song, and as it does, I just I invite you to take this time to commit to being faithful to the Lord. The altar will be available if you want to come and pray, but as it plays, if it's your commitment that your faith will be firm, that you will model it to be a legendary faith, much like those who have come before us, then I want you to start by taking a stand in your faith. And as the song plays, and as you pray where you are, take a stand in your faith as a testimony that you will stand firm on the foundation of the Lord.
shoulders of giants have a firm foundation in our faith. Help us to grow in our faith, to persevere in faith, to worship, to walk, and to work in faith in our lives. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> 